Welcome to our series on leveraging the cloud to ensure mission resilience, underwritten by Splunk. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and joining us to talk today about some predictions and strategies for 2022 in the federal government is Bill Wright, Senior Director, North American Government Affairs at Splunk. Bill, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me here, Wyatt. So, Bill, Splunk recently released a new report on public sector predictions and strategies in 2022. Give us a little background on what prompted the report and what were the most important takeaways for our government audience? Yeah, what we're hearing a lot from our customers these days is that they're they're really in the midst of a a digital transformation. That transformation has gone from a, a, a priority just a few years ago to an absolute imperative, I think, for most organizations now, including the federal government. So, but the pandemic uh, has certainly accelerated the process. COVID-19 you know, truly challenged, I think, government's ability to, to do their core mission to serve the citizens. Lockdowns, health measures, you know, really disrupted this delivery of citizen services. This sharp rise in remote work created infrastructure and security challenges. And of course, cyber attacks have increased. Those have been all over the headlines over the last year. In uh, 2021, as the pandemic recovery faltered a bit, and those problems persisted, along with some very, very high-profile cyber attacks. But in the U.S. public sector, you know, particularly among federal agencies, there's been a bit of a positive side to this turmoil. Adversity has sort of borne out some opportunity. Uh, so what we're seeing and what we're hearing from our customers is a desire for more collaboration, more sharing. There's definitely more of a determination to, to modernize. And most importantly, they're getting that executive support um, and the commensurate funding that goes along with it to, to really make that happen. So you know, right now, I think the near horizon features the, an accelerated shift to the cloud and an increased sort of diligence around data security. You know, a lot of this is fueled by President Biden's executive order last year on cybersecurity. This digital transformation is probably more important than ever. You know, digital systems in general um, have just become so critical to our lives. You know, think about how we deposit checks, our groceries, how we hail a ride, how we conduct podcasts. Digital systems are absolutely critical to organizations. So keeping those systems secure, performing well, and providing great customer, and in the case of the government, citizen experience has become absolutely paramount. Well, maybe we could dive a little deeper and talk about some of the strategies in this report. What did you learn and what would you highlight that federal agencies might pay attention to Yeah, good question. You know, I think a really good starting point is to have a laser focus around the, you know, the implementation of the cybersecurity executive order. Uh, I think that'll go a long way, Uh, but this is going to require new resources. Otherwise, the EO is just sort of viewed as an unfunded mandate by agencies. There's also some emerging technologies that can be used today that can go really a long way to help our federal defenders I would say chief among those is automation, security orchestration and automation tools. In 2022, automation, I think, will be key to overcoming the shortage of technical talent and securing modern IT infrastructures uh, if they aren't already. Federal agencies should all be considering looking at security automation, 
coupled with machine learning to enhance their cybersecurity efforts. There's just tremendous competition for technical skills, as you know, Wyatt, especially in security. And it's often difficult to compete with the private sector. Through automation, federal agencies, I think, can have that technology edge and they can have the lower level operations of security work done and allow those really experienced cybersecurity professionals that we have in the government to focus on those more sophisticated threats. You know, the second area I think to focus on would be just getting back to basics on a a security front, basic security hygiene. The biggest thing is not any particular software tool or technique. It's, It's really focusing on that bread and butter work of cyber hygiene. It's patching your systems regularly. It's it's implementing multi-factor authentication. As my colleague here says, it's eating your vegetables of cybersecurity. Not sexy, but absolutely crucial. I mean, if I could just add one more point here, you know, I think it's important to understand that security is really a a data problem. So whatever threats we face today and in the future, data is going to be the primary resource for countering it. The key is finding the right data, having the tools to understand what the data is trying to tell us, and then having the ability to act on it quickly and with confidence. Organizations that understand that are going to be better able to protect themselves and recover more quickly. Government agencies are, as you know, creating more data than ever. Unfortunately, they often fail to capitalize on the information that they're collecting. Well, and following up on this idea of predictions, what threat vectors are you seeing at Splunk that are on the horizon based on all the data that Splunk collects? And what should federal agencies perhaps be most aware of as we head into the rest of 2022? Yeah, uh, the, the threat landscape is constantly changing. Bad guys are evolving. They're innovating quite quickly, so it can be tough to look over the horizon. You know, at this time, we're also seeing a lot of shifting geopolitical tides that need to be put into the equation. But I think the biggest threats to most organizations are going to continue to re- involve ransomware, holding an organization's data or infrastructure, actually, for ransom. It's the quickest way to turn a, an intrusion into cold virtual Bitcoin because that's where the money is. It's where the cyber criminals are going to be flocking. So ransomware also has a very low barrier of entry. In fact, some research done late last year suggested that at least two-thirds of the ransomware attacks are enacted not by genius-level hackers, but instead by low-level grifters who bought the ransomware tools you know, somewhere on the dark web. So this is ransomware as a service, and it's, it's growing in popularity. Uh, it's an ecosystem with established organizations and supply chains. It's a market with enough competition that sometimes the tools can go on sale for one time only. Um, these groups even offer customer service to help criminals with any technology issues they may be having. So quite sophisticated, um, and I think that's going to be a primary threat vector this year and for years to come. Absolutely. And then lastly, thinking about the opportunities in front of the Biden administration to continue to enhance the security posture of federal agencies. Uh, We know, of course, that there's the National Cybersecurity Executive Order and plans for zero trust, etc. But what would you say, based on this report, that the Biden administration and agencies might also focus on most to enhance their security posture in 2022 and beyond? 
Yeah. Uh, implementation of the cyber EO is of paramount importance, moving zero trust mindset, increasing CISA's authority. The emphasis on log retention and log capabilities, I think, is extremely important. But besides that, I think emphasizing private public sector relationships, so public private partnerships. I think uh, this has been another pretty positive byproduct of the security challenges that we've been facing over the last year. That's the realization that no government organization is going to be able to go it alone. Certainly no private entity is going to go it alone. Instead, it's going to be a collective effort. And I think CISA in particular uh, has done a fantastic job convening private sector partners, sharing information, soliciting help from the private sector where they need it, combining industry and government efforts on planning, threat analysis. Um, I think a great example of this is the Joint Cyber Defense Collective set up by CISA probably a year ago now. It, um, of course, pulls together 20 like-minded companies at this point. Uh, Splunk joined it about six months ago, and it's been an extremely effective way to share information and to have joint planning to to defend uh, against cyber threats. Lastly, I would just say the administration uh, should continue to invest in modern infrastructure. State and local governments also continue to be major targets of ransomware and some of the things that we've talked about today. Continued investment in protecting those assets um, will go a long way. Well, I would certainly agree that CISA has really been a powerful force in pulling together standards and best practices for endpoint protection and response and broader zero trust practices to better secure agencies. Bill, thank you so much for taking time to join us and share some of your insights and some of the findings from this new report on public sector predictions. Thank you for having me here, Wyatt. We'll be sure to include a link to this new report in our show notes. In the meantime, look for more of our coverage on cybersecurity and in particular this latest series, Leveraging the Cloud to Ensure Mission Resilience, underwritten by Splunk. This is Wyatt Cash. Thanks for tuning in.